Welcome to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games, where we explore some excellent music and talk about our experience with each game. I'm Brian, joined as always by, if he was a boss and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, he'd be the easiest one in the game. It's Frank. Are you calling me a giant bull? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying that if you were a boss, you'd be a pushover. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm more of a lover than a fighter. That is true. Yep. And uh, we won't we won't really talk about your love life for those of us. <laughs> for those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes like our anniversaries. So you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh and something exciting each and every week. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Since BG Mania and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project, you can directly support the show and the brand through one or all of our affiliate links listed in the description of the podcast. Thanks in advance if you choose to do so. All right, man. End of the month. We know what that means. It's time for a little bit of radio hour. Which, if you've never heard a radio hour before, it's an eclectic mix of music. Five tracks from myself, five tracks from Frank, one track from you, the listener, and one track from Jessica, another Level Down Games cohort here. And uh, we are on volume 21 for radio hour. I think we're going to have a good episode. Our little baby's old enough to gamble. Yeah, yeah. Old enough to uh, to legally buy a drink as well. No, because... Because BG Mania, if you choose the booze, you lose. Uh, no, man, no. I, you know, I always got my bottle of vodka right over here to the right of me. And I am drinking Coca-Cola Zero Orange Vanilla. Not a sponsor yet. I literally just saw that in Walmart today. Jessica said she tried it and this was disgusting. It is not very good, but <laughs> I am thirsty. <laughs> yeah, I literally just oh, saw oh, that in well, Walmart tonight. There was a sponsorship, son of a bitch. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, I literally just saw that in Walmart tonight. We were walking around because I actually picked up a new notebook for reviews because my old one is almost full. <laughs> uh, too many, too many note takings while playing games. But uh, yeah, I had to get a new notebook and a new pen. And uh, we saw that when we were walking through the aisles and she mentioned that she tried it. And it just it just doesn't sound appealing. It doesn't sound good. But uh, what is good? What is great, actually, was that opening track there for Radio R Volume 21, which happens to be your first pick on the episode. What was that epicness? Uh, so that was Eden of the Monarch from Demon Gaze that came out here in North America April 22nd, 2014. Uh, it is a puzzle platforming game um, produced by... No, I'm kidding. It is a dungeon crawling... I was going uh, to let you get through it and then tell you that you were 100% wrong, so... Well, of course. No, it's a, it's a dungeon crawling game um, that was put out here by NIS America, or localized by NIS America. Yeah, developed by Experience, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And... Uh, uh, composed by Naoki Jimbo, who did, if you listen to our bonus episode, the Deathmark soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, we actually did an entire, uh, that was our first ever sponsored episode for BG Mania, but uh, everything we heard on that episode from Deathmark, which was a visual novel released last year, was composed by Naoki Jimbo. And uh, in that episode, we had talked about how he did uh, Demon Gaze and a couple other games. Well, you had mentioned that you actually had something saved for an upcoming radar by him unknowingly. Yeah. And uh, that's actually super cool that you uh, decided to put it in this episode. I was looking up like epic tracks for games that I just didn't. Th- this is not a game I normally would kind of play. I probably never will play this game. And I don't think you would enjoy this game. 
when we, we I was looking over tracks that just weren't like my kind of picks, and I came across this one when we we're doing the Deathmark episode. We saw Naoki Jimbo was the composer. And I'm like, I know that name. It's not a very common name. I've never heard anyone with the last name Jimbo. To be quite honest. Yeah, especially especially a Japanese individual like that. Just that's definitely not a very. That's why I don't think it's actually pronounced Jimbo. I I, I say it Jimbo because that's the best way I can make it sound still Japanese. <laughs> It's spelled Jimbo, I'm going to call him Jimbo. It, it definitely is spelled Jimbo. <laughs> and uh, again, big, big ups and thank yous to our friends over at Access Games. Yeah, for that. Absolutely. Um, that if since you've never played the uh, the game, that is the final dungeon music. And I was looking up this game. And it's pretty cool looking, to be honest. It's not something I would play, but uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. looking. It's gorgeous. The art style is phenomenal. Uh, it's one of those first person dungeon crawler games that, uh, you know, I mean, Persona has a couple games like that, but really experience makes a lot of those. We saw Demon Gaze, Demon Gaze 2, but there's several others out there. And uh, Etrian Odyssey is not experience, but it's done in the same style. They're first person dungeon crawlers. Uh, but again, this is the uh, the final dungeon music and it's epic, dude. The chanting. I remember looking this up before because this is not the only track that. uh the, the vocals are, you know, where there actually is chanting in there. And I just, I'm, I'm glad you picked it, but I just happened to remember that the actual name of the group is IA. And I don't know actually how you pronounce that, but I, I've looked that up in the past. Uh, or maybe it is just IA. But uh, that, that is the We're name gonna of the... We're going to call them Yeah. Yeah. That is the name of the uh, the group that's actually doing the uh, the choral stuff, which is actually really cool. Um, Great pick, though, man. I really do enjoy that. And it was an epic dungeon. If you have played through the game out there listening and you, and you know what I'm talking about, it really was an epic dungeon to go through, but uh, just, you know, made even better by the music. So great choice. Great choice. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to kick to my first pick on the episode this month for Radio Hour, and I am going to a game that I recently just finished and recently just put up a review for on our website, leveldowngames.com. Not by recently finished, I mean about two weeks ago I finished this game, but it is still kind of recent. But the review just went up this past weekend, so uh, check that out if you're interested to see what I thought of the game. From Devil May Cry 5, this is Legacy.
Don't come to question all that you've known. Remember, you are not alone. I will be here, standing beside you. There is no. That was Legacy from Devil May Cry 5, which Drifts released this month, March 8th, 2019. The particular track was composed by Kota Suzuki, and vocals were done by Ali Edwards, which, if you remember last year on a radio hour when we played uh, Devil Trigger from Devil May Cry 5, which is Nero's battle music. That's the music that plays every time you're in uh, in combat with Nero in the game. Uh, Allie Edwards also did the vocals on that one, and her husband uh, was actually uh, the guitarist on that track. He did, cool. he, he did a lot of work on that. But uh, this particular piece of music plays, and I'm going to be very cautious with what I say, because it is at the very end of the game. Like, literally within the last 30 minutes when you're heading towards the final battle, this particular track kicks in. And the reason that it, it kind of sounds emotional, but it also really is... The name of the track, again, it's Legacy. So you really, you're you're building up to something. And it's a huge payoff, really. Especially for people that are that are fans of Devil May Cry 4 and, and just fans of Nero. But it is a it is a huge payoff with actually the the storyline and the narrative that they're trying to tell. And what actually happens is so freaking epic, dude. It's so good. Made, you know, it, in this particular cutscene, you only hear the chorus. You're only getting about 30 seconds, maybe 40 seconds worth of this song. And when I went through, I was like, my God, what is the name of that track? Because I knew I wanted to do it this month on Radio Hour. I was digging through the soundtrack and I couldn't even find it on the official soundtrack. But I happened to find it on Capcom's YouTube channel. So I, I was able to pull it from there. And I'm so glad that they had the full version. Because not only is the chorus great, the entire track is great. Like that is really good. And the strings, the violin, phenomenal. That is amazing, dude. Uh, that was a pretty song. She has an amazing voice too. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like her in terms of a vocalist. Anytime we get to, uh, to hear something from her on the show, it's always a pleasure. Uh... Man, Devil May Cry 5 really is one of my games of the year right now so far. Uh, Brian, games of the year never come out in March, so cut it out. Actually, that is not true. But Brian, I just have to talk out of my ass, you know that. Okay, Bre okay. Breath of the Wild released in March in 2017, son. <laughs> <laughs> so did uh, Nier Automata. Horizon Zero Dawn missed March by uh, two or three days. Man, 2017 was a freaking awesome year. All three of those games released in seven days of each other. Nier Automata, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Breath of the Wild. That is amazing. <laughs> 2019 is going to be another one of those years. 2019 is going to be dry as hell. 2019 is going to be dry. 
This will be some sleeper hits. Okay, wait for box playing box four to come out. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a good game, but uh, 2019 is not gonna be anything like 2017. It's just not possible. We're in the tail end of the generation, and uh, nothing, nothing major really is coming out this year except for like two or three games in in the fall from from Sony. And Nintendo has a couple good things this year. Nintendo has a couple good things this year. But uh, that's because they're in the middle of their generation. They're not at the end of it. <laughs> Which is why I always long to listen and play games that are from our past. Because, you know, those are just some great games. So from 98, taking you back from Metal Gear Solid, this is Encounter. Encounter from Metal Gear Solid uh, came out here in the U.S. October 21st, 1998 on the PlayStation, uh, composed by Kazuki Maruaka. I hear the song play in my head <laughs> whenever I'm in like, some kind of crazy situation, like the boss is looking for me the last five minutes of the day and I'm hanging out by the water cooler. I'm like, <laughs> just, try, just, trying to, just trying to avoid that demon gaze. There you go. A little, a little callback. Uh, yeah, because hope, hope, hope your boss doesn't listen. Hope your boss doesn't listen. Calling him a demon. Jeez. Uh, no, no, just his gaze. Ah. He's a saint. Ah. He's the best. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, dude. This so this really kicks in anytime like Snake is seen, so to speak, yes. in Metal Gear Solid. Like it's the it's the music that lets you know somebody is looking for you, or e- even when you, I guess you are actually in, in combat, it, it's still playing. But really, it's so ingrained because Metal Gear Solid is a, it's a stealth game, and a lot of the aspect of it is literally trying not to be seen. 
So this kicks in every time you are in like, oh, what are these footsteps? And you get that, you know, exclamation point and the iconic sound that kicks in. Like, it just, dude, it, it's such a good track, too, man. It really is. Do you realize how hard these games are, particularly for me, a guy who is not very stealthy when he plays a game? I'm the kind of guy who likes to run through and blow things up. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> I enjoy the exact opposite. I enjoy doing the whole stealthy thing with Metal Gear Solid. At least that iconic noise. That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another track that features some awesome string work. Yeah, it's, it's, this is one of those ones like everyone has a Mario theme in their head. Everyone has the Zelda theme in their head at, at any time. This is a song that I've heard so much because I was spotted so often that it'll always be just burned in here forever and ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can definitely see why you would be spotted all the time because uh, anyone that watched us play A Way Out, which, you know, has some pretty stealthy elements in it and you're just running in and consistently dying over and over in the jungles. then yeah, I can see why. It's the Leroy Jenkins approach. <laughs> Yes, and there's a reason why Leroy Jenkins is a meme. <laughs> uh, I, I'm slowly turning you into a meme as well, though. Well, that's how you can become famous and viral. Or a Momo. Turn you into a Momo. I'm going to turn me into a Momo. That scares the hell out of me. <laughs> great, uh, great pick, though. I actually have a Metal Gear track that's going to close out the episode uh, this month. So uh, I don't want to go back to back because I do want to say that. I am the a end. trendsetter. You're welcome. Uh, no, no, you copied me because I told you we are actually uh, we, I pulled up a Metal Gear track during the Deathmark recording last week and uh, because of Mike Oldfield. And I was like, wait a second. I know him from Metal Gear 5. And I pulled up the track and uh, I was like, dude, I'm going to do that for Radar this month. And you're like, oh, that's a good idea. You submit your tracks a week later. Oh, look, Metal Gear. Go freaking figure. <laughs> I went to Metal Gear Solid, okay? You know, the original, old school. You know, you're, you're like pulling some random game that no one's heard of. Yeah. Metal Gear awesome. Okay, Metal Gear 5. I wouldn't say it's awesome. I wouldn't say Metal Gear you 5 know, is awesome. Like five? Five you is five? 5 is uh, not my favorite of the, of the bunch. And the controversy that is surrounding 5 and Hideo Kojima and Konami, it really did put a damper on my uh, enjoyment factors of 5. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can see that, but I, I actually, I really enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, it was it was girl. it was an unfinished game. It was an unfinished game. There uh, there should have been an act three that wasn't there. Well, you know me. I love unfinished games. I'm a big fan of Bethesda. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> At least you're able to make fun of yourself. That was good. Eh, why not? Uh, Frank, I told you that there was a game you needed to play when we were talking about. Uh, actually, this was when we were recording Max Level the other day because we recorded it earlier than we normally do. We recorded Max Level a few days earlier to get Sean into the show. But I mentioned a game that uh, was very retro that I wanted you to check out. And I want to play a track from that game now to further entice you to get this game. From Always Awakening. This is the Underground Chamber.
And that was Underground Chamber from Alwa's Awakening, which originally released February 2nd, 2017 here in North America. It was a uh, released on PC via Steam. And uh, just last year, I want to say in September 2018, it released on the uh, Nintendo Switch, which is where Frank literally just purchased it once again while listening to the music. So uh, two for two in terms of getting you to buy games on the episodes uh, over the past two weeks. That's pretty good. I'm gonna see if I can keep going. Just like Kickstart My Hearts, where I get you to pledge every week, I'm going to see if I can get you to buy a game every week. <laughs> I've pledged so many things now that like I'm going to have random game codes sent to me. I'm like, what the hell is this? I know. I know. Kickstart My Heart, if you're not, if you're unfamiliar, is a uh, segment we do on our Max Level podcast every week where we highlight a game that's currently on Kickstarter and decide if we, uh, if Frank is going to pledge to it or not. And uh, really just kind of <laughs> shed some light on the game to try to try to get it funded if it's not funded. So it's, it's a fun thing we do. But uh, that particular track there from Always Awakening was composed by Robert Kreese. He did the entire soundtrack, which is uh, 25 deep in original tracks. And uh, it, they, all of them are just as good as that one. So if you enjoyed that, you would really enjoy the soundtrack to this game. And uh, dude, it's it's such a throwback game. It, it's pixel art. It's like 8-bit style Metroidvania-ish. It's freaking gorgeous and it's freaking hard. That game is very, very challenging, so I can't wait to hear what you think. Uh, I think you're going to love it. It's going to be a walk in the park. Uh, it's definitely not, man. That game is challenging because uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not bad at games, but I'm telling you right now, man, that game is tough. So you know uh, I, I, I like for my retro games to be tough, to be quite honest, because that's how they were back then. I well, yeah. That way now. Yeah. You think back to like the NES, even even to the extent like the Super Nintendo and man, even some games on the N64. But the N64 is really when games definitely started getting a bit easier in terms of entry level back on like the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, that kind of stuff. You you did have difficulty levels, but even on the easiest difficulty level, the games were still super challenging because of the limitations of the hardware, the limitations of game design back then. Games were very challenging. Now, you know, with difficulty levels and, and the way the game design has definitely opened up a bit more, there can be a setting, easy, normally, that is open to the casual crowd and open to those that, you know, maybe you've played through the game once and you just want to go back and re-experience the story. Well, you put it on the easiest setting and just breeze through it. Uh, I, I've done that with games before, like games that I finished on normal or even some games I'm able to finish on hard if if I really have time to invest in it. Normally, I don't want to spend the time trying things over and over and over again because I have to move on to games so quickly because I review them for our website. But if I have time, I'll play them on hard. Normally, I just play a game on the normal difficulty, like whatever regular it is or whatever the game was designed around, because that way I'm not having to continuously die on boss fights, except for in Sekiro, man. Sekiro's, Sekiro is the hardest from software game yet, and it is... It is so good, but it is so brutally difficult. It is so it is so insane. I mean, Sh Shadows died twice, but Brian died a lot. Uh, I, I everyone is dying a lot, man. Everyone is dying a lot. These bosses, these boss encounters are they're no joke. Like some of the uh, some of the bosses in like Dark Souls three and Bloodborne were challenging, but some of these in Sekiro, man, they really upped their game in terms of the difficulty and the. You only have a limited supply of things, and it, it's crazy, man, but the game is so freaking good. Uh, yeah, actually, right now, that is my game of the year. I'm sure something will beat it maybe by the end of the year, but right now, that is number one for me. Back to Always Awakening, though. I really wish I would have played this sooner. I am playing it right now, as, as you're about to be after we finish this episode. I know you're going to play it, but uh, I signed up for the uh, Origin Access thing last month to play Anthem for 30 days. 
and I started playing Always Awakening and a couple other games. I actually let my subscription renew for this month as well, so I'm actually, I'm paying for it again because I want to finish Always Awakening and I want to finish some of the other games that I downloaded. After that, I'll probably cancel my uh, my subscription to Origin because I don't really need it anymore. Uh, I wish I would have played Always Awakening sooner because it's been a fantastic game and I know you, the, this game is definitely much more up your alley, but I enjoy these games as well, so. Nah, this is going to be awesome. I cannot wait. I'm literally watching it download on my Switch as we speak. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's going to be cool. It's, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to hear what you think. Uh, I'm sure you'll talk about it next week on the Maxwell podcast, so I can't wait to hear what you think. If you want to hear my impressions, I'll definitely uh, have some. Yeah, can't wait to hear what you think. Let's kick to our listener pick for the episode. And I got an email this past week, dude, on Tuesday. I had I actually already had something lined up for the episode. And then I got this email and I was like, this actually is perfect for this week's episode because uh, we've only played one track from this entire franchise and it just made more sense to do this one. So okay. the submission came to us and the, the he, he signed it Rhett, but uh, I'm just going to call him Rhett. And uh, he said, and literally the email, hey. Earthworm Jim 2, anything but tangerines, preferably the PS1 version. Would be great to hear it on the show sometime. Rhett. That's what you're going to hear from Earthworm Jim 2, the PS1 version. This is anything but tangerines. was anything but tangerines from Earthworm Jim 2 composed by Mr. Tommy Tallarico and this was released again we're playing the Sony PlayStation version the the actual PS1 version came out in November 1996 but the game originally released a year prior on November 15th 1995 there were uh, several different versions of this game across multiple different platforms uh, I, I would agree with uh, with Rhett 
that the PlayStation 1 version probably has the strongest soundtrack out of all of them. And in particular, this track right here, which uh, anything but Tangerines, if I'm remembering correctly, is the music of the first stage. And that, in my opinion, is the best version of this song across all of the different platforms and all the different releases. I would lo- I would love to hear this on a video games live concert. Like, does he I wonder does he actually do anything from Earthworm Jim at Video Games Live? I'm not sure that he know. does. Because thinking back to the CDs that they've released on Video Games Live, I'm not sure that I've ever heard anything from Earthworm Jim on those before. Tommy, you're a listener. I know. Make it happen. I would I would actually love it if he was a listener, dude, but you, you do a Long Island show? Your boy will be there. I would I, I, I might consider driving over for that if it was if it was actually even just in like New York. <laughs> I can't remember the last time they actually toured. I think it's uh, well in my area. I know they still go out and do things from time to time. But uh, the last time I think they were here was about four or five years ago uh, up, up around the Cleveland area. I actually think they were in maybe Lakewood or Sandusky or something. I, I can't remember exactly where they were at. But uh, I missed out on it because I didn't know that they were even going to be here or else I would have gone. Great freaking submission, though. Again, uh, I love when things come in the last minute. Like I was already again, I had things planned out for this episode. And then this guy or girl, no idea. They just signed it. Rhett. So not sure exactly uh, who you are, but that was a fantastic pick. So thank you for that. And, and I love when something comes in like that and really just takes me by surprise. And, you know, it, it's it's so cool because, yeah, we've only played one track from Earthworm Jim in the entire franchise before uh, way back during our Tommy Tallarico composer deep dive, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, was our first ever composer deep dive that we did. I think so. Yeah, I, I think it was. So it's been a, quite a while since we've played anything by Earthworm Jim. And then uh, when I looked up this track, I just instantly remembered it. And just when that guitar solo kicks in and just how rocking this actual music is. Oh, I, we had to put it in the episode. I had to get it in this one. So thank you for the submission. As always, much appreciated. We love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Frank, it's back to you. Uh, so for my next track, it's from a game that I'm dying to get a sequel to or at least give me a nice PSVR version from Borderlands 2. This is Short Change Hero.
was Short Change Hero from Borderlands 2. Came out in US in September 18, 2012. Actually, came out everywhere September 18, 2012. Uh, that was performed by the band The Heavy. Original composition for this game. Uh, that is the opening cinematic track that you hear. I absolutely love this song, but I absolutely love Borderlands 2, and I want Borderlands 3. Well, there is there are strong rumors out there right now that uh, that Borderlands is going to be announcing something soon. I heard rumors of Borderlands 2 VR for PSVR, which I will buy in a heartbeat. That's been released for a long time. That shows you how little I I buy things because I'm broke as hell. I thought that wasn't, I thought it wasn't out yet. No, Borderlands 2 VR came out December 14th, 2018, and it's 50 bucks. Okay, okay. Oh, it's not so bad. Okay, so, so I still have time. Well, yeah, um, June, of course you have time, but uh, come well, on now. June, get, get with the times, Frank, and, and pay attention to these games. It's your job. It's what we do here at Level Down Games. No, it's, no it sucks is that I want to play these games, and they're, and they're out for like months at a time. Cause this is not the first time this has happened. <laughs> it's not even close to the 10th time this has happened. This no. happens a lot. Yes, it does. I don't know what your issue is. Other than today, I, I'm, I'm never around. I'm always working because they, they beat me and they hate me. No, it's, I'm just, Dumb. I don't know. Dumb. Dr- Stupid. Stupid. Probably. Dumb. Yep. No, Dumb. Ge- Gearbox uh, Gearbox has been teasing something related to uh, to Borderlands happening soon. So I, I think there are... It, it's probably going to be announced this year. Whether that's coming up soon or later in the year, I have no idea. But it probably is going to get announced this year. Uh, Randy Pitchford was actually just talking about it recently, and I could definitely see this potentially being a next gen title if it's announced this year, unless they've been working I'm on fine, it. Secretly. I'm fine with that. Yeah, as as would I be. But I mean, unless they've been secretly working on it, you know, without anything coming out that it's actually been started, then it could still make this year. But I, I think it's more realistically probably a next gen title. But even still. And not a popular thing to say, but this is probably my second favorite game to play with friends. Like, I, I love playing, you know, online shooter kind of games with friends when they're out. This is number two for me. My number one, I've picked for later on, but this is my, especially, especially Borderlands 2 in general. I absolutely loved it. I was playing as the brick. As as you know, I have to be the tank in, in this game. <laughs> it's what I do. I'm going around blowing things up. Uh, I miss this. I mean, uh, I, I've made a thousand references before on max level. I probably mentioned BG Mania how Microsoft did me dirty uh, and reset my gamer score. This is one of those games that I, gra- I ground out every single achievement for. I loved it so much. And they reset me to zero. I'll never forgive you. I'm not. I'm just not a huge fan of looter shooters. So any, no? any, any, any. I mean, that's why I never really get into Destiny. That's why Anthem didn't really yeah. appeal to me that much. Borderlands never really appealed to me. I just don't like that style of gameplay. So it's it's just I always check them out, but I never stick around. So I never end up sticking around for the long haul just because I don't find them fun. And I'd rather play something else that I do find fun. Like, uh, enough, you, uh, like probably your next pick, right? Like my next pick. Exactly. <laughs> like my go. next pick, which happens to come from our lovely folks over at Nihon Falcom. Uh oh! Whenever you say that, I, I always get excited. Well, remember, I told you I had something from them on this particular episode that was not of the norm. For Brian, Falcom. I don't remember what you said to me earlier in this episode. That's probably true. From the Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, the third. This is Luxury Airship Lusitania.
And that was Luxury Airship Lusitania from The Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky the Third, which came out here May 3rd, 2017. It's only released on PC 10 years after the Japanese release. This is one of the uh, the two games that Exceed Games was localizing for North America and one of the two games that really, I think, took the absolute longest for them to do, which still to this day, I think, hurt Exceed as a company and uh, is, is a big factor in why they may not be doing The Legend of Heroes anymore because NAS America is doing uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3 later this year. Now, XE did do Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 after this game, but it, it actually before this game, theoretically, because Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 came out on the PS3 and the Vita before this game did. So really, the entire release of The Legend of Heroes in North America has been very out of order and a very jumbled mess. Sounds like a very Final Fantasy situation there. Uh, it, but, uh, it, it kind of is, but it also kind of isn't because it's it's not like we're getting the games under a different that, name. That, that, exactly. That'd be <laughs> um, was, this, was it the reason because this game was very text heavy? Uh, well, there every single every single release in the Legend of Heroes series, there's more text every single time. So, yes, this was very text heavy, but then Trails of Cold Steel was heavier on the text than this one was. And oh, okay. Cold Steel 2 was even heavier than that one. And now Cold Steel 3 by doing NMS America is the biggest one they've ever done. It's being compared to like Lord of the Rings times like 20 or 30, I think is what, what oh, they wow. said. <laughs> so it, it's it's a massive undertaking to do these games. And uh, unless you have a big team working on it and behind it, then then, yeah, I can see why it would take you so long to do it. But there were other issues that uh, that plagued this localization at Exceed. And it just it was a very unfortunate situation that I think definitely hurt them as a company. Uh, this particular track, though, was composed by the Falcom JDK sound team. Uh, the three individuals responsible, Hayato Sonata, Wataru Ishibashi and Takahide Muriyama. Frank, you had mentioned that this could have been in the airship episode, and you're absolutely right, but it's one of the ones that actually didn't make my my list for the airship episode. I had a couple left over. I'm done now. I've played them all on radio hours after the fact, but uh, I, I saved a couple I really in particular. Like yes, it's a great track and it's a great waltz. I think it's really great. I, I honestly, I told Brian, I could see this is walking into like a fancy location, like a JCPenney or a Macy's. Yeah, <laughs> so fancy, <laughs> dude. Stores that are going bankrupt, especially JCPenney. Maybe if you, if you want to go to a fancy dinner at the Denny's. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, I, I, it's, just, it's, just, it's so well composed. Uh, As Falcom things generally are, man. Falcom things generally are. The reason I didn't pick this in the airship episode is because it doesn't actually play while you're flying the airship around because you don't really do that in Trails in the Sky of the Third. It actually plays when you're exploring the airship, because the airship is like your base, so to speak, in Trails in the Sky the Third. So that's generally uh, generally when you're going to hear this track. You know what else is fun to explore, Brian? What is that, Frank? The Crow's Nest. Okay. Of like a pirate ship? No, but uh, there are some piratey things to this game, if you really stretch it. Uh, from my all-time favorite game to play with friends, from Halo 3, this is The Crow's Nest.
And that was Honorable Intentions from the Crow's Nest in Halo 3. Uh, that is the third campaign level in Halo 3. Um, that was composed by Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. Uh, came out September 25th, 2007. It feels like forever ago. It's been a minute, yeah. <laughs> I had actually forgotten, dude, that each each mission in Halo 3 had several tracks attached to them. And uh, until you submitted this actual thing and I actually started researching it to pull the tracks for the episode because you had just said Crow's Nest like you did before which we actually did, which, listened to yeah, it. Yeah, which, which did you no favors because, because yeah, the name of the the name of the mission is Crow's Nest. But there's actually like three different tracks that play during Crow's Nest and three different tracks that play. I think Crow's Nest is the second or third mission, third. potentially third mission in Halo 3. Because there's there's two, sometimes three, sometimes even more tracks that play in each mission. And that's actually kind of cool because you're not just stuck here in the same thing throughout the entirety because Halo 3 was was dynamic in the way that their mission structure was. So that way, you know, there were multiple things happening and, you know, you'd still be on the same mission, but you could have it's a totally change of pace from what happened in like maybe the first 20 minutes to like the next 20 or 30 minutes. So the music changes with that. And that's actually pretty neat. I like that a lot. Uh, like I said, this is my absolute favorite game to play with friends. We all hopped on Xbox Live and we're just having the time of our lives uh, right before that horrible Slavo Highway episode, uh, level that comes next. <laughs> now, that, that one almost broke some friendships. It happens. I really wish I was still into Halo, though. I, I, I think I might jump back in once uh, Infinite comes out. I, I'm going to I'm cautiously optimistic for Infinite. Now, you know, Halo 4 was all right. Halo 5 didn't really do it for me. I wasn't a huge fan of that one. Infinite seems promising because if uh, if leaks are to be believed, there's going to be heavy RPG elements now involved with Halo, and I think that's could potentially breathe new life into the actual series. Now, obviously, they wouldn't be changing the core gameplay of Halo. Of course it not. would still be shooter based and it would still be heavy on the multiplayer aspects that make Halo Halo. But if you're able to incorporate some RPG elements like, say, leveling up, or equipment or just different things that make an RPG fun for me, because that's my favorite genre. If they're able to incorporate that into Halo, that's going to immediately boost my fun factor levels, I guess, so to speak, with Infinite. And it just obviously Infinite is going to be it's a, it's we already know, dude, it's a next generation title. They haven't said that. Of course, they haven't of course. said that in those words, but we know it's a launch title, probably a launch window or even if they're smart launch day game for the uh, the next generation of Xbox, whether they stick with the and I know they're not going to. But if they stick with the uh, Anaconda, whatever Barracuda names that they were, I don't remember exactly what the names of the uh, the code names were for the next gen Xboxes. It's not Scarlet anymore. I think it's yeah. Ana- Anaconda and something else. If they stick with those names, probably not. But I'm excited for Infinite to to see what it can do. And it's next gen. I like next gen games. I like things that, you know, that are, I, I like new things. So we'll see. And Halo always brings it with the music. So, yes, I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping that Infinite soundtrack is just a banger through and through. Hopefully, hopefully. And if it is, I'm sure you'll hear it on uh, an episode of BG Mania sometime in 2020 after Halo Infinite releases. Maybe 2021. Let's not hold our breath. I was going to say maybe, maybe 2021. But what we can definitely assure you, if you want to hold your breath for, is that BG Mania will still be going strong in 2021, dude. We'll still be here. At least I will be. You might be dead, but I'll still be here. 
I told you, Brian, I plan on living forever. <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good. Each one day at a time, one day at a time. Uh, all right, man, I'm going to kick to my next track. And it happens to come from a game that was only released over in Japan. And as a game I had never heard of until looking up music for BG Mania. Every now and then I start going down the rabbit hole and I'll start listening to a track and it leads me somewhere else. And then that track leads me somewhere else. And then I'm into a realm of games that I've not not only games I've never played, but games I've never even heard of. And that that's fun for me because I get to discover new things like this track right here from a game known as Miwaku no Choso. This is Painful Sigh. And that was Painful Sigh from Miwaku no Choso, which released on December 8th, 1995 on the PC-98 engine over in Japan. Again, this exclusive to the uh, to the Japanese territory composed by Hiroyaki Sano. But I mentioned to you, man, it really does sound like it's inspired by things that we've heard from uh, Yuzo Koshiro in the past. It really has that style to it. 10,000%. I mean, I, I was placing this as something that would be in, like, the Legacy of the Wizard. Yeah, yeah. It, it has that same style to it, the same sound. It's very Yuzo Kushiro, but it's actually Hiroyaki uh, Sano, as I said. Uh, what's actually crazy about this game when it came out in 1995 on the PC-98 engine, released on five floppy disks. You remember floppy disks? <laughs> the 3.5 disks? It was so crazy. I actually had a conversation with one the other day about those. Really? The, the literal, not even the little hard ones, the literal floppy disks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 3.5 ones that I just mentioned, those were the hard floppy disks. How it's actually how I played, uh, how I played Full Throttle for the first time from LucasArts and Tim Schafer was on a on a 3.5 floppy disk. But yeah, when this came out, it was five actual floppy disks that it actually took to play the game. That's how I played Monkey Island and all those other original uh, we games. We had to. We had to. That's how they released. We had to. 
Now, Miroaki no Choso is a visual novel, again, for Japan. Japan's big on their visual novels, but it is a very sexual visual novel. And in, in an age in like 1995, that's actually crazy because there weren't a lot of like sexual games back then. Maybe there were in Japan and we just didn't know about it. But if it you was think Custer's about Revenge, yeah, but Custer's Revenge was just in an abomination of a game in general. But I mean, you just think of things that were released here and like it, it, we just didn't have that yet. And we do now. We, there's a whole subculture of games based off of that kind of stuff, but it really wasn't a thing here yet. So maybe maybe it was already like that in Japan because Japan is much more open about the sexuality and, and that kind of stuff in their games than than other cultures. But I took the uh, the description from a, a visual novel database website that compiles every visual novel ever made. And uh, the actual description of the game says here that the protagonist, a young man named uh, Shinosuke, discovers a beautiful mansion in which apparently a large scale party is taking place. Determined to meet and enchant some beautiful women, he ventures into the mansion. <laughs> That's the start of the game. <laughs> So it's that like sounds it's, like a fun, fun adventure. It's like the Playboy Mansion, I guess. We, we were just venturing inside, but yeah, man, this is not the only good track in this visual novel. Like I listened to the entire soundtrack, and they're all heavy on the synth, heavy on the '80s vibes, heavy on the Kashiro, and it's you know just what, so good, man. It's so good. I propose that we do a pornographic Japanese video game episode of BG Mania going going forward. I don't think we're ever going to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we do we, we do a special BG Mania After Dark episode. No, probably not. I tried, guys. Don't say it. Don't say it in. <laughs> and I actually I, I, I was already like, I was already locked into this track and I knew I was going to pick it before I knew it was actually a sexual game. But that didn't change my mind. I knew I was going to still do the track, but. It's so good, man. It's so good. It's way better than it deserves to be for this type of game and that type of content. And that's awesome. We say, we say that all the time, too. Yeah, we do. We do. So many times the tracks are better than what they should be. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's kick it over to Jessica's pick now. And unfortunately, we forgot to have her record her audio for this month's episode of Radio Hour. So unfortunately, you're not going to hear her on this episode. But she decided to go with a track from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Hyperstone Heist, which released on the Sega Genesis. The name of the track is Boss Battle. And I remember talking to her about it when she submitted the track to me. She had mentioned, and I may have said this when we actually recorded the episode. I don't remember if I did or not. So if I did, I apologize. I'll be repeating myself for a second. But she had said that she used to watch her brother play this game all the time when she was a child. Uh, she had a lot of fond memories with this particular game, just watching him play through it because he was in and still is to this day a big comic book fan. So, yeah, she just was talking about how, you know, she, distinctly she remembered this particular track. So. I don't know what else she would have said. I'm sorry. Again, we forgot to have her record her audio. So <laughs> again, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Hyperstone Heist. This is the boss battle music.
And that was the boss battle music from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Hyperstone Heist, which released on December 11th, 1992. This was a Sega Genesis game. It was a Genesis exclusive. And Calabanga. yeah, composed by five individuals. I was not able to find a breakdown with who actually composed what track. So we're going to give credit to all five individuals. Masahiro Aikariko, Yu Takamine, Kaori Kinochi, Hidito Inao, and Kozo Nakamura. Exactly how each one of those names is pronounced. I would be no will, I would willing to bet that I got close on some of them, but probably not exactly. <laughs> I distinctly remember this game. This was an epic boss battle. First of all, epic boss battle music, I should say. But the reason I think that I found the Hyperstone heist so much fun to play is because of what it was inspired by. And that's Turtles in Time, which I do still think is the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that's been released so far. Uh, to be inspired by that and have similar gameplay means the game is definitely fun to play. I'm surprised they haven't made like a more modern version of this. Haven't we just talked? We just I swear to God, we just talked about this not that long ago. I think it was even on an episode of BG Man. Oh, it was because I actually picked uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES music for our uh, title yes. read episode, which is when we talked about it. I was trying to think, when did we actually talk about this? OK, because we had talked about like making a uh, making like a a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game in like the style of like the older games. But you said you didn't want one in the newer style because you didn't like the Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nor do I like the Ninja Turtles using right now in the brand new Ninja Turtles team up with Batman. I, w- I want just. I think you had said the Injustice 2 Turtles would be a good. Uh... They, those are the perfect turtles to use. Just yeah. go with that. You make, make, that hap- make that happen. I will pay $90 for your game. OK, hear that? Hear that? And, and that's base price. That's base. That's base game. OK, I'll even buy, I'll even buy the DLC. What if the DLC was like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles starring in tag team wrestling? Please don't do that to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to get someone to mod the NES, like an NES ROM of, of tag team wrestling and just put the turtles in there as the uh, as the uh, competitors. Don't ruin something I love. OK, I know you love tag team wrestling and putting the turtles in there would ruin it for you. So. Yes, it's the best wrestling game ever made. This is a great track, though, and another great pick by Jessica. Uh, I, I like how she picks her track, man, because it's always either games that she's played like personally or games that she used to watch her brothers play when she was a kid. That's how she comes like to the conclusions of all of her tracks. That's awesome. It really is. Yeah, it's super cool. And it's usually a good. I mean, well, I can't say usually it's always a great piece of music as well. She's always knocked that out of the park. Unlike you, Brian. She's a good one. I beg to differ. My picks are usually pretty damn good. Way better than yours. Never. In fact, I'm disappointed in your. I'm disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in me. The fact that we have not picked a single track from this upcoming game that I'm about to enter right here. Is a, is a tragedy because this is just this is level down games through and through level down games the game oh, that's gonna be a great game <laughs> from hotline miami this is miami disco
Atlanta's Miami Disco from Hotline Miami uh, came out here June 25th, 2013. Uh, that was composed by Perturbator, uh, artist James Kent. That's his stage name. So Yes. Uh, so it's a, t- it's a top-down shooter. Very, very much uh, a soundtrack that is you and me. This is, yeah, this is the kind of very, stuff very retro wave, very synth-heavy. Uh, you know, obviously the name of the track is Miami Disco, so very disco. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, you know, we had the master list of every track we ever played, and I'm like, we really haven't touched this series so much as once. This is something I would have expected to have like 12 tracks from, like as if it were Portal 2 or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we've never played anything oh, from Hotline Miami. Oh, why you play so many songs from Portal, Ryan? I don't. I play a lot of tracks from Warcraft, but that's because there's eight, you know, eight different instances that I could play from Warcraft. I'm not just picking from two games. <laughs> there's so many different expansions with different music. I also pick from the expanded Portal universe. Exactly. Which, I mean, I, I let slide, but there's not even tracks that are found in games. <laughs> Have you played the Hotline Miami games, like legitimately played them? No, but I've actually watched a playthrough of it recently when I was researching this one, and they—they're—they're they're not insanely hard, but they're hard. I was just saying it didn't look easy. <laughs> but they're brutally violent, dude. These are violent ass games. Yeah, I actually watched a playthrough, and I, I believe the child was somewhere around the ages of uh, thirteen to fifteen years old. Yeah, and, yeah uh, you know, it's probably not. Probably shouldn't be playing these types of games. But when I first actually played through Hotline Miami, I was surprised just how violent it was. It's fun. It's a fun game, and as long as you can separate, you know, fictional from reality, that's fine. But it, it is a violent game. But they have such good music. It's so crazy. <laughs> well, you know that's. Oh, you know, man, I kind of want to play it, but like the, the frustration that he had with this game kind of made me not want to play it. No, I guess they're 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 hard, but they're not like insanely hard. I actually have both of them on uh, on PlayStation Three, which is uh, hooked up uh, hooked up upstairs in our bedroom. So you know, if I ever feel like playing like a digital game before going to sleep or something, sometimes I fire up something. I actually haven't fired up Hotline Miami in forever. I probably should. They're not bad games. Like I said, they're actually quite fun. I, I would love to see this series continue further. Great music, though, man. Such good music. Think about it. Hotline Long Island. I mean, would you star some overweight Italian luchador who thinks he's tough stuff? I have no idea who you're talking about. Or I am not a luchador, overweight. Or Italian? I'm definitely... I'm Italian and hot stuff, so I'll take those. <laughs> Hang I appreciate on. the comment. I never said hot stuff. I said uh, tough stuff. Thinks he's I'm hot stuff. thinks he's tough stuff is what I said, not hot stuff. <laughs> well, I put words in your mouth, and I'll, I'll still take the comment that I gave myself. Yeah, you're you're giving yourself some backhanded compliments there, but uh, <laughs> I'm a beautiful man. What can I say? <sighs> yeah, maybe, probably not. Great pick though. It's it's cool getting uh, it's cool getting Hotline Miami finally into the uh, catalog of music that we've played here at BG Mania. It's getting tougher and tougher, man. But there's still request more. Request it. We'll play it. <laughs> it's getting tougher and tougher to uh, to one up ourselves and to continuously play things that we've not played because there's so many things now. You know, this is our 90th episode. We're 10 episodes away from uh, episode 100. And uh, really looking forward to doing episode 100. It's going to be a special episode. We have a special theme planned for that one. But what I really like doing about BG Mania is how we challenge ourselves constantly each and every week to find something new 
that we've never played. I can't think of, and there, there probably is because nowadays there are so many video game music podcasts out there. Like, you know, if you if you're into the uh, the the VGM podcast fans Facebook group, one of the users actually just put together like an entire master list RSS feed of all of the known video game podcast, video game music podcasts that are out there. It's like one list. And I was scrolling through that recently and, and just seeing how many there are is is pretty incredible. And it's awesome to see this this subsect of of podcasting and the subsect of. Of a, of a culture that is centered around the music and video games. It's exciting to see that reaching new audiences and reaching even bigger audiences. But going through those, and then again, there might be one that I just didn't see, or maybe there's one that's not on the list, but I, I didn't see one that actually challenges themselves to find new music every week. So I, I think that's actually something that we can say that's unique to us, because yes, we, we borrow elements from other podcasts out there, because I was inspired, as I, I mentioned all the time, by the Super Mercado Brothers. Uh, so I, I like just doing something that maybe is unique to us, but then again, maybe not. Maybe there is someone else out there that does the same thing. But I like finding new music because it, it expands not only my knowledge of gaming and my knowledge of music, but also yours. It was super impressive to see you actually like piece together the Yuzo Koshiro links that I was talking about in that Japanese only track earlier. But maybe help some of the listeners also discover music or discover games that they never would have heard about or that they never would have played. That's what I like about the show. My my last pick, though, because it's a very... uh. A very nuclear pick, so to speak, because from Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, the track that we're going to close out with is my last pick on this episode, volume 21 of Radio Hour, uh, Nuclear from Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, which to me, and we talked about this earlier when you played uh, Encounter from Metal Gear Solid and how I said, you know, Metal Gear 5 just it was a good game, but it felt unfinished and there was so much controversy surrounding it. If you really listen to the lyrics of Nuclear, which was written and performed by Mike Oldfield, vocals were actually done by Luke Spiller. And this actually comes from the album Man on the Rocks. Everything about this song, which was written, I think, before Metal Gear 5 even was conceptualized. It was such a great pick by Hideo Kojima to be one of the title themes of Metal Gear Solid 5 because it just, again, it encapsulates everything surrounding the triangle of the game, Hideo Kojima himself, and Konami the company. Like, there's a whole, there's a reason why the saying F Konami became so popular <laughs> back in, like, 2015 because of what they did not only to Kojima, not only to Metal Gear Solid as a franchise, but to their games as a whole, Konami is a shell of what they used to be. And listening to the actual lyrics of this song, it fits so well about just this nuclear company just abandoning everything. But that's again, that's they're not saying they're not actually singing about this nuclear company, but it can be applied to that. And it really does make you wonder if this was picked because of that reason. <laughs> I would love it if it was. Yeah, me too. And but let's, let's not put that past, past Kojima because the guy's a genius. He's thinking on 12 different levels. No, I, I absolutely think it probably was because of that reason alone. But the track is so freaking good, dude. It's so good. 
It's such a good song. I've listened to this countless times since the game came out. It's one of the ones that I, I cannot believe I've not picked for a radio hour in the past. I've bumped this in my car, dude. Like, I blast this in the car sometimes. Like, this is just a fantastic piece of music. Uh, everything about it is, is so good. We're putting it at the end because it's a five minute track. I want you to stick around, though. I want you to listen to the entire thing because I think it's special. And I think you're really going to like this if you've never heard it. But I do think that is going to bring us to the close of the show. Unless you have anything else that you want to discuss before we get on out of here. I'm having too much fun, Brian. How about five more tracks apiece? No. That's uh, going to do yeah, it for this week. <laughs> you're going to wait a whole month, Brian. All right. Another month, Frank. You can do it. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames, and click that subscribe button to turn notifications on. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv slash leveldowngames and click that follow button. We don't go live often. Normally when we do, it's on YouTube. But if you do want to follow someone on Twitch that is live constantly three days a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, twitch.tv slash Bruce underscore deduce, the resident streamer here at Level Down Games. And all of those links can be found in our description box below. Just like our social media accounts, which if you want to stalk us, you're more than welcome to. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Again, check the description box for the appropriate links. Next week, we're actually going to be doing our second request episode that we got. Uh, if you remember how I talked about this one coming in from Steven over in Germany, we are going to be taking a look at farewell music. So it's going to be a fun episode. I can't wait for that. Bye, farewell, yeah, we're going to we're going to have some fun with this episode. Eight tracks from me, eight tracks from Frank, all centered around the concept of farewell music. What does that mean? Tune in next week to find out. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Nuclear from Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, again written and performed by Mike Oldfield with vocals done by Luke Spiller. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. Standing on the edge of the crater like the prophets once said And the ashes Are all cold now No more bullets And the embers are dead Whispers In the air Tell the tales of the brothers gone Desolation Devastation What a mess we made When it all went wrong Watching From the edge Of the circus for the games to begin Gladiators 
draw them. 